So I have the privilege of getting to introduce my amazing fiance. And um, I also want to just let you guys know, like, Ashton, she is one of the most amazing girls that I have ever met. And I'm getting to mar marry her, so that's pretty cool. But the most amazing thing about her out of all of that is how she loves the Lord and all of that stuff. So since, since a young age, Ashton's felt called into ministry, into preaching. And since that time, she's been stewarding that gifting better than like anyone that I know. <laughs> kind of puts me to shame. But um, <laughs> so, so for the past couple of years, she's been working with, with many churches and being mentored under some great pastors and leaders. And she's been stewarding this gifting, just amazing. And so I just want to um, welcome her up. And can we just all just give a round of applause for her as she comes on up? Yeah, come on. And can we all just stretch a hand out to her as we just release her into this time of preaching? So God, we just thank you so much for Ashton. We thank you, Lord that she is your daughter, God. And we just thank you, Lord, for this gifting of ministry, of preaching, of just sharing with uh, the congregation and sharing with many, many people, God. So we thank you, Lord, for your spirit just flowing through uh, throughout her and in her, Lord. Let uh, her words be what you speak, God. And let, uh, let this just be so easy and well communicated and open our hearts, God, to receive what you have to say today. We love you, Lord. And we thank you for all that you've done and all that you're doing. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Just going to prophesy over her. I just felt like the Lord was saying, Ashton, that you've been faithful with little, and he's given you more and more and more. And the best is yet to come. And that not to despise, not allow anybody to despise you because you're young. Because you have stewarded what God has given you from a very early age. And I see the Lord showing me because you always put value on that. Everybody goes through life and we all get to put value on different things. And from a very young time, you've always valued things of the kingdom. And he has seen that in you, Ashton. And he is going to allow that to grow. And uh, yeah, you're a good steward of God. He's very proud of you. Can we do thank you? <laughs> thank you, Lord. Am I on? Can you hear me? Yeah. Check one, two. The Monahans make me sound cooler than I am. I'm not that cool. <laughs> the Lord is good. And his steadfast love endures forever. Can I get an amen? Yeah. If we've never met, my name is Ashton. I'm so blessed to be in this house today. You know nothing about me. I'm a senior at the University of Cincinnati. I get my bachelor's degree in April. So close to the finish line. And uh, I married that handsome guy in July. That one, Ephraim. Y'all are so lucky to have Ephraim, by the way. Pastor Ephraim's awesome. Pastor Chris, you're okay too. So similar to Ephraim, I grew up a pastor's kid. And if I know anything about pastors and leadership and ministry, it's how much and how capable they are of loving people. And so I just want to take a second to honor yours today. Um, Pastor Chris and Pastor Debbie, they love you. They intercede for you. They care about you. And they're the best. So can we just give them a round of applause? I'm so thankful they had me here this morning. 
And uh, over you guys, I just see John 4.24, and it talks about those who uh, worship God must worship in spirit and in truth. And I think that's such a perfect verse over your ministry, over your covenant, really. I mean, Pastor Debbie, I call her Mama Monahan. She's such a worshiper in the spirit. And Pastor Chris, you are such a practical worshiper in the truth. And I believe that together, as God has binded you together and as one union, you two are able to wholeheartedly pursue worship in spirit and truth. And I think that's such a blessing to so many people who are part of your ministry, who you like minister to. Um, I just see a picture of you two uh, praying over this person who's weighed down by chains and garbage. And the more that you pray for them in spirit and in truth, they're able to stand up and they're able to walk again. There's such a breaker's anointing over your marriage. And I believe the, the more you remain obedient and faithful to God, he is going to continue to bless the two of you in that. So uh, receive that in Jesus' yeah. name, if you will. I love you guys. Okay, so I love being engaged. I love it. Um, my bridesmaids and I, with my mom and my grandma, and we picked out the most perfect wedding dress, and I can't wait for the world to see it. And my friend Charlotte, she threw me a little bridesmaid brunch with my bridesmaids, and it was so much fun. Ephraim and I have just felt so loved and blessed and adored by the people in our circle, our friends and our, our family. Um, we've even got to do some apartment hunting. It's been awesome. Engagement has been so wonderful. But something that I noticed that changed a little bit from when we were boyfriend and girlfriend to now fiancés, uh, it's a little different because when we were boyfriend and girlfriend, everyone would always ask, some of you in this room included, when are you guys going to get married? When are you going to get engaged? <laughs> But now that like we're engaged, I just said we're getting um, married in July. I have the ring on my finger. Um, the big question now, it's very ironic, I'm gonna talk about this the day of baby dedications, is, um, and ladies, moms, you will get it. The biggest thing people like to ask specifically me now is, when do you guys think you'll have kids? <laughs> what do you think you'll name your kids? Do you think you'll move back to the Midwest so that you can raise your kids close to your families? Blah, 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 blah. And I used to get so annoyed at these questions. I'm not going to lie to you. It used to be so antagonizing. But the Lord seriously convicted me one day of how I was reacting to these questions. Because I was reacting in a way that wasn't with the heart posture that was excited or enthused about what God wanted to birth within me. Right? So whether that's a, a child or not, God wants to birth something within all of us. He has called us to a time such as this. So it's our job to answer the phones when he is calling us to prepare for what he's about to send into our lives. Can I get an amen? Okay, so we're going to pray and we'll dive into the word. Just bow our heads, close our eyes. Heavenly Father, you are good. And Jesus, we love you. I thank you for Gateway Church. I thank you for this house. I pray that you open our hearts, our souls, our minds, our eyes, and our ears to receive anything and everything that you have for us today. I pray for your speaker because she stumbles over her words a lot. And God, I just pray your Holy Spirit would just pour out a fresh, fresh fire. That you would open us up to receive any new wisdom anything you're speaking, 
any revelation. Let us just hear from you this morning, Lord. And it's in your beautiful name. All the people said, amen. Amen. It's good. All right, so we're going to start off in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38. I'm going to keep this like plain and simple. I'm going to teach for like 30 minutes. Then we're going to go into ministry time and hear what God has to say about it. Then you can take your babies and your grandbabies to Cracker Barrel. Sound good? Amazing. Ephraim said amen. So we're going to touch today on the call of God, how we know we are called by God, and when we are called by God, what we can do about it. And if you're a note taker, this sermon is titled Pursuing the Call. Is anyone in here a note taker? Like, at all? There's no shame, either way. Okay, okay. Well, I had a pastor one time when I first went to college tell me note takers are history makers, so I'm just going to say. All right, here we go. Luke chapter 1, verses 26, 38 says, Six months after Elizabeth had become pregnant, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a city in Galilee. The angel went to a virgin promised in marriage to a descendant of David named Joseph. The virgin's name was Mary. When the angel entered her home, he greeted her and said, You are favored by the Lord. The Lord is with you. She was startled by what the angel said and tried to figure out what this greeting meant. The angel told her, Don't be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will become pregnant, give birth to a son, and name him Jesus. He will be a great man, and he will be called Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor David. Your son will be king of Jacob's people forever, and his kingdom will never end. Mary asked the angel, how can this be? I am a virgin. And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come to you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the holy child developing inside of you will be called the Son of God. Elizabeth, your relative, is six months pregnant with a son in her old age. People said she couldn't have a child, but nothing is impossible for God. Mary answered, this is the part that gets me. I am the Lord's servant. Let everything you've said happen to me. So Mary is recorded to be between 16 and 18 years of age. And at that time in Jewish history, that was pretty normal of a time for a woman to be getting married and starting a family But this was all, this whole event happened before her covenant with Joseph was made. They were betrothed. They were not husband and wife. So the angel came to her and told her she was about to be pregnant. Pregnant women who were unmarried risked disaster at this time, friends. Oftentimes, when women were pregnant and unmarried, they would have no source of income, so they'd have to beg saw themselves into a certain type of slavery. Oftentimes, if they were pregnant before marriage, they would go unmarried for the rest of their lives. But what amazes me is that Mary knew all of that. Despite all of the risks, she looked at that angel and said, I am the Lord's servant. Let everything you've said happen to me. There's this girl in the youth group at my church I worked with youth ministry for a bit. And uh, we were at this retreat about a month ago, Ephraim and I. And while the kids were up at the front of the stage, they were dancing and jumping during worship, she was in the back. And this girl is the most energetic girl I've ever met. 
And I noticed she was in the back by herself. And so I went back as her leader to go check on her. And she opened up to me about a situation that had happened at school. She really believed in her heart. She heard from the Lord to pursue friendship with these two girls, only to find out that they didn't like her very much. She was having what I like to call a why me moment. She was asking, why was it me who God called into friendship with those girls? And so many of you might be sitting in your seats thinking, oh, that's cute because she's a teenager. I mentioned she was like 15. Because we have why me moments every day. Sometimes we sit up in bed or on the way to work and we're thinking, why God, why did you choose me for this situation? Why are my finances so bad right now? Why is my car not starting? Why am I not having a good relationship with my boss at work? Or why is my marriage failing? We ask why, 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 why? Why, Jesus? But I think we can learn a thing or two from Mary in the midst of great trial. Her faith in the midst of something that could be so scary. The angel Gabriel delivered a calling from the Lord and she said, yes. A lot of times we like to look at God and be like, well, God, if it's not yours, I don't want it. But what if it is God's? And it's just not what we think it should look like. I'm sure Mary was really scared too because I couldn't imagine being a 17 year old girl and sitting in my cute little bedroom and then an angel popping through the window saying, hey, Ashton, favored one, you are pregnant. You're going to birth revival, have fun. I'd be scared to death. But despite any of that, Mary said yes to God. And because she said yes to God, the father birthed in her the Messiah that was prophesied 700 years before his coming to save us, to love us, to listen to us, despite anything we ever could or have done. God birthed in Mary, Emmanuel, God with us, Yeshua. And despite potential circumstances, she said yes. And note takers, this is for you. The pursuit of our calling starts when we say yes. She meant her yes too. Because if you read on to Luke 2, we see some of the ways that Mary had to prepare for what God wanted to birth in her. You know someone means what they say when they act upon it, right? Like when Ephraim stands on the Brooklyn Bridge and says, hey, will you be my wife? I'm not just going to say yes and then come home to Ohio and not do anything to prepare to be a good wife. I'm going to act upon it. Mary said yes to God's calling, and so therefore she pursued preparation. If you flip over to Luke 2, 1 through 7, we see that in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Crunius was the governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son, She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. 
They had to go to Bethlehem for Jesus to be born. There was no room, so Mary made room. She was called to bring our Messiah into the world, so she took the steps to make it happen. Her yes wasn't dry, it wasn't empty. Church, we need to evaluate ourselves. Like Jesus didn't just ascend into the heavens to like leave us here, he's coming back. One of my favorite quotes is by Rick Warren. And he says, you are put on earth to be remembered. You are put on earth to prepare for eternity. In what ways are you preparing yourself for the calling that he has placed upon your life? I have a really close friend named Abby, and she's one of my bridesmaids. I love her. And she wants to be a mom more than anything. Her and her husband, Zach, want to be parents more than anything. And though she is not pregnant right now that I know of, she knew in her heart, before she even wanted to be a mom, that the Lord was calling her to be a mom. And as they received confirmation, they continued to do things that were preparing for that future for what that looked like. They went as far as buying a new home to prepare for their family, to pursue the calling that God placed over her life. She felt in her heart that she had to prepare for the calling. And if you're taking notes, write this down. To pursue our yes for the calling, we must prepare for the birth of it. I know at least for me too, when I think of prepping for a calling, I think of some sort of instruction or schooling or discipleship. I mean, when I felt called into ministry, I pursued asking for help, for mentoring. And though these physical things are really good, like instruction and discipleship and buying a house and tidying up, where the preparation for our callings really begin is in our hearts. When God starts working on someone, he always starts with the person's heart. The root of human problems most times roots back to the problem of the heart. Therefore, God always begins with our core. And this might offend some people, but all the practical skills in the world aren't going to make you good at your calling if your heart isn't postured in it. Yeah. I'm going to say it again. All the practical skills in the world will not make you good at your calling if your heart isn't postured in it. So I'll give you an example. You could be called into leadership. You could have taken all the Hebrew and the Aramaic and the Greek classes, have all the training, have all the degrees, have all the knowledge, have all the seminary experience. But if your heart is corrupt and full of evil, you're not going to be a good leader. If you are called to serve... And, and you have all the best services to offer. You have all the knowledge, all the skills. But you're not humble in your heart. I'm sorry, but you're not going to be a good servant. If Mary, Jesus' mama, if she had the neatest little house and the neatest little nursery and had all the best cleaning supplies to tidy up and the best recipes and ingredients and a big blueprint on the table that said, how to mother the Messiah. <laughs> but she didn't honor God with every bit of it physically and spiritually. She would not have been able to fulfill her calling in the same way. 
but she says, I am the Lord's servant. Let everything you have said happen to me. Despite having to bring her baby boy to earth in a manger, despite possible judgment and death, despite everything she didn't have, she postured her heart as a servant and she was blessed. Our yes to God begins in our hearts. No matter what you're called to do, there is a refining process that takes place within your heart so that you're able to step forward and do so fruitfully. I think of Jesus in Luke 2. Mary and Joseph, they went on down the road and Jesus was gone for like three days. When they finally found him, he was in the temple courts, you guys. He was reading and praying and studying and asking questions. This is Jesus, our Savior. He went all this time going about his father's business only for his power to be recognized 30 years later. Even flipping back to the Old Testament, David, he wasn't appointed by God right away. Before David had the skills to be king, God just anointed him to be kind. Because David had the right heart even if he didn't physically have the right skills. In 1 Samuel 16, 6 through 7, it says, Samuel took one look at Eliab and thought, surely this is the Lord's anointed. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord doesn't see things the way that you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Listen, church, we can't try to limit our callings because of what our lives look like right now. We serve a God who has the ability to make beauty from ashes. We serve a God who when we walk by him, the best gifts come in the most random packages. I think of Elizabeth backtracking to Luke 1. We're all up in Luke today. Her and her husband, Zechariah, were able to conceive a child because of their old age. To the outside, I'm sure anyone would have looked at them and questioned their motives to be preparing for a childbirth and for a baby. But the Lord called them to do that when he went to Zechariah. It says an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. He will be a joy and a delight, and many will rejoice because of his birth, for he will be great in the sight of the Lord. Friends, God wanted to birth something within them at their elderly age. I don't care who you are where you come from, what your skin color is, what your financial income may be, how many cars you have or don't have, how many kids or grandkids you have or don't have. It is written all throughout scriptures that our Father has not left nor forsaken us, and he has called us to greatness. He wants to birth something in you, and you, and in you, and in you, and in you, and in you but it's up to you to prepare for it. If the band wants to come up, that'd be awesome. 
my favorite verse in the entire Bible is in the book of Acts. It's Acts 20, 24. It's Paul speaking and he says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. My only aim is to finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me. The task of testifying to the good news of God's grace. What if our lives looked like that? That whatever the Lord has called us to do, whatever task he has laid in front of us, that was our priority. To answer the call by taking action in the physical and spiritual, by saying yes to God, by saying, I am the Lord's servant. Let everything you've said, let every task you've given me, let every challenge that's before me, let every calling you've placed upon my life, let it happen to me. Let everything you've said happen to me. Yes. What if our lives looked like that? Not letting the phone ring while we nap. Not becoming occupied with the ways of the world. Not becoming occupied with jobs, money, family troubles, relationship struggles. Those things are important, but nothing is important enough to stop and halt what God wants to birth in you. Amen. Nothing is important enough to get in the way of his calling upon your life. Nothing is important enough to silence his call. He is God. In the season of Advent, in the season of waiting and reflecting upon the Lord and what he has done for us, I encourage you to just think about Jesus. King Jesus was born to save us all. He is Emmanuel, Hebrew for God with us. He's our living hope, our living proof that God has never and will never leave our side. In all of our troubles, Jesus was sent to be Emmanuel. And as Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, he is still with us and he is still speaking. Yeah. I rebuke anything that says different. I ask you, friends, take this time today to surrender, to listen, and to hear clearly what he has called you into today. One of the most popular scriptures in the Holy Bible reads, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me and I will listen to you. You, this one's the kicker, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all of your heart. The Lord is calling what ways are we going to prepare for it? I'm going to give you three ideas today, three quick ideas. You can pray. You can seek first the kingdom. All those righteous things will be given unto you. If you get an inkling, pray. If you have a desire, pray. If you don't know what to do, pray. Get on your knees and talk to Jesus about it. Come on. My second thing is don't second guess his voice. If it's in alignment with your heart, if it's in alignment with the scriptures, if the doors open, go take the leap of faith. Like Mary, there's always potential for trial, but trial doesn't prevent us from being refined. 
If it's God's will, it will persevere. Don't second guess his voice. And my last thing I'll leave you with is trust in him. That's so cliche. We say that all the time. Pretty sure it was plastered on the walls of my mom's house. Trust in the Lord, that he is who he says he is. And when we believe and when we know that he is who he says he is, we are able to know and trust and walk in full confidence that we are who he says we are because we know who he is. And when we know who he is, we know that he's not a liar. We know that he made us. He formed us in our mother's wombs. He knew us before creation. Trust in him. I know scary moments can happen. We know our calling may look so weird and so wild. But be a Mary. It's time to be a Mary. To take the call and in return saying, I am the Lord's servant. Let everything you've said happen to me. God, let everything that you have said happen to me. It may not look like what we think it should, but his ways are not our ways and our thoughts are not his thoughts. But that's the beauty of it, friends, is that he is God and we are not. So automatically his way is better. Let's fix our hearts and take action and pursue the calling. We have like a worship team or a prayer team wants to come up if they want. The worship team's up here. Um, but the, the prayer team wants to come up, if that's a thing. That'd be awesome. Church, if you've not given your yes to God, I encourage you today to really press in and do that because that's step one to the pursuit of the calling. Just say, yes, Lord, whatever you have for me, wherever you want me, I am there. We're going to worship. And I encourage you in this time to do just that. So Holy Spirit, speak unto us, Lord, and have your way this morning. Come and breathe upon this place. Show us your glory and reveal to us the necessary ways of which we can better seek you first, love you more, know you greater. We give you our yes this morning, God as we set out to pursue the calling that you have placed in front of us. We love you, Lord, and we trust you, Lord. You are so good. Jesus, have your way. Let's worship this morning. Thank you for listening to Gateway Church's Sermon of the Week. Make sure to follow us on whatever platform you're listening to this on. And for more information, videos, sermons, or events, check out our website at igateway.org. Thank you and have a blessed week.